Welcome to Cryptic Chronicles, a show dedicated to exploring everything weird, fringe, and cryptic in the world. Today on the show, we're going to dive into an age-old question. Is reality an illusion? And things are going to get kind of out there. I've compiled a bunch of information regarding philosophy, neuroscience, psychology, physics, quantum physics, and basically uh, an amalgamation of knowledge that makes one question reality and existence and everything in general. It just goes against the grain of consensus thought. I actually began the research for this episode all the way back in, um, like at the beginning of the pandemic, probably right before the pandemic or at the, yeah, the very beginning. And then I got sidetracked and just kind of put it on the back burner. So it's going to be fun to finally finish what I started. So let's look into reasons why reality might not be what we think it is. And in a lot of ways, reality very well could possibly be an illusion. So let's just hop right into it because it's time to get weird. I'm your host, Tim Hacker, and you're listening to Cryptic Chronicles. First off, from this perspective we're coming from, I'm going to start with consciousness being all there is. We tend to think that there's a vast universe out there and we live on a spinning ball in space surrounded by billions of other humans experiencing the same thing. But the truth is that the universe is inside you and everything we've ever experienced is simply electrical stimulation in our brains. Now that sounds pretty weird, but hear me out. Let's think big picture and philosophically, not literally. And that whole everything is just electrical stimulation in the mind. That might remind you of Morpheus from the Matrix movies when he's uh, talking to Neo. But despite that being a big Hollywood movie, it's actually from real world philosophical conclusions with a drop of quantum physics. The nature of consciousness is not what we think, and it has less to do with intelligence and more to do with the nature of all living and breathing organisms. From many perspectives, the world does not exist in how an ordinary, average person thinks it does, which may seem cliche. However, this fact has been verified at length, both scientifically and psychologically. There is a myriad of credible resources that have explored the limitations of human sense organs and the subjective nature of perceptions of reality. 
for almost an entire century now, science has known that all things are made of atoms, which are 99% empty space and pretty much just vibrating energy. Material matter is far from solid, and we human beings are, in truth, far less substantial and defined as we'd like to admit. The herd prefers not to think about such things. Most just want to live in the little box they've accepted as reality. Also, they may ask if there is any benefit to be gained by exploring such knowledge. I mean, it can't help in day-to-day -day life, could it? And if it was accepted and explored, would it change anything about the world that we live in? Or would it create chaos and uprooting of the foundations that humanity clings to in avoidance of existential dread? I mean, who cares if you can become one with the infinite if you just gotta get up and clock in in the morning anyway? <laughs> and this is probably a valid point of view based off of uh, a mundane perspective. But from philosophers, psychonauts, or anybody really who seeks higher knowledge, it's this perspective that shows that the final frontier isn't exploring outer space or something like that, but the final frontier is exploring inward, is exploring consciousness within itself. Believe it or not, there was a time when psychologists in uh, the field of study, they would laugh at anyone who brought up the subconscious. That is, until it was proven to be an objective fact. But oddly enough, the, the idea of the subconscious mind is actually with us throughout all of human history for the most part, going all the way back to ancient Egypt and even uh, the Hebrews. With the Hebrews, just like in modern psychology, having like different levels of consciousness, like the Nefesh, Ruach, and Neshma. So the subconscious is nothing new. And there's even, well, I mean, from certain perspectives, there's even like evidence that human consciousness has actually evolved over time and it continues to evolve. And with exploration into the subconscious in modern science and the fact that our senses often lie to us, the truth is that factors outside of our conscious control heavily influence our ability to perceive. And I'm not talking about scientism here, but true science. Science is the best tool that we have at the moment to make sense of the natural universe around us. And the main helper of science is its friend, logic. Logic is defined as science that investigates governing correct, reliable inference, a particular form of reasoning or augmentation, sound judgment and actions, or a system of reasoning applicable to any branch of knowledge or study. It's a great tool for weeding out bullshit from the truth. All science is built on logic, and it's actually through logical methodology that the inadequacies of human perception are revealed. Much of what humans experience outside themselves and created as mental imagery in their minds is based on mass mental indoctrination. And it is this programming that significantly reduces and narrows our abilities to perceive. If looking at things through a truly logical filter, you see that there are many things people cling to as objective facts that have no proof required to justify them as accurate through the utilization of logic. Unless you can view and replicate conclusions over and over in a controlled nature, it's not science. 
but I'm not going to delve into the plague of scientism. Just state that many scientists lie, cheat, come to conclusions through confirmation bias, or are bought and paid for. It's just as easy to bribe a scientist as it is to bribe a politician. And many scientists work for people who expect a specific result, and they better deliver because that's their paycheck on the line. And I'm not ragging on science at all. It's our best tool. My point is just that when a scientist says something is a fact, it doesn't automatically make it so. And even logic itself is much more flexible than one would think. It greatly relies on an individual's ability to perceive. Different people utilizing logic come to far different conclusions based on their unique perspectives. So, depending on how data is perceived, it changes the logical perception. And since many of our perceptions come from data we can't empirically prove to ourselves, we just rely on it to be fact. Assumptions make up a vast source of human perception. So through logic, it reveals many of our mundane perceptions only happen through assumption. If this is boring, don't worry. I'll get to the more profound weird stuff in a bit. I'm just showing how flexible logic is and how flawed human senses genuinely are and how little any average person really gets the psychology and different aspects of human consciousness, as well as there being far more that we don't know than we do know, despite how much certain people may try to label things. Let's look at a monotheistic perspective, for example, when uh, compared to a atheist. The monotheistic perspective is someone who undoubtedly believes in God with the capital G. And the atheist perspective is someone who knows without a doubt that there is no God or anything spiritual out there in the universe. The funny thing is, both these polarized perspectives of opposites can be proved to be true or false through the utilization of solid logic. What separates them is where the individual inserts their assumptions. Both can be proved and disproved logically because there comes a point where a person needs to insert assumptions that cannot be proven beyond a doubt. And then confirmation bias comes in too. People mostly choose where they stand on a matter before it's backed up logically. They will only search for information to back up their opinion and ignore anything that goes against it. There is empirical evidence to both prove and disprove God. Many atheists will rail against this and quote study after study. And indeed, science is a religion of the modern age, scientism. But in the end, many of their beliefs are based on assumption or a word that will really piss them off, faith. And if you're an atheist, I'm not being a dick. This is just a thought experiment, remember. But from this point of view, the atheist's beliefs make them not that much different than the religious person devoted to God. The atheist will say they base their opinion on fact, but they quote theories as fact, and both sides are pretty much based on assumptions when you break them down. I could go deeper into this, but I assume you get my point. Logic is flexible and based on the point of view of an individual. Empirical truth is not fact, but perception shared between people. Perception comes from reasoning, which is based on assumptions. And most things are assumptions because nothing can be known with 100% certainty. Assumptions are belief, 
and depending on one's belief, they can logically prove many things to themselves and others. The only time we can expand our ability to perceive is when our focus is on the present moment, the only place free of assumption. Critical thought definitely has its place, and I've read lots of books on it, it's wonderful, and so does logic. But in the end, all that is, is consciousness itself. You have never experienced anything outside of yourself. Quote, Logic without any reasonable assumptions then tells us that the only thing that exists is what we perceive in the present moment. End quote. John Crater. In saying that, there are many levels of consciousness. I mean, many humans right now at this very moment are experiencing vastly different forms of consciousness. The contrasts and the differences are beyond human comprehension. Do you think someone with damaged dopamine receptors stuck watching TV, surfing social media, or addicted to dopamine-inducing drugs experience the same consciousness as a mindful human? focused on self-betterment and knowledge. A huge number of people's dopamine receptors are so overstimulated. Things like reading, moderation, physical and mental health, and hard work are an anathema to their very existence. Many are stuck in dopamine-addicted feedback loops where they just need the next quick easy hit, and they're not even really aware of it. According to neuroscience, this can even affect someone's IQ depending on how deep they are in it during their day, with one study even showing that someone's IQ can drop 10 points if they have unread messages on their social media or whatever, and they have noticed it. And if you're, if you're interested in those studies, it's by neuroscientist Daniel J. Levitin. But let's look into a really hilarious and weird philosophy called Last Thursdayism. According to the philosophy of Last Thursdayism, the viewpoint revolves around the idea of the entire universe just being created last Thursday. Reality has just been given the appearance of age, with everything, including you and your memories, all formed at the time of creation. Last Thursday, made to appear as it is. Your entire life is just programmed memories that never actually happened. At least, until last Thursday, that is. <laughs> the fascinating thing about this thought experiment is you'd never be able to tell so much was false because it would all seem so real. And you are the creator of this universe. There is no one else. Not your family, coworkers, buddies, or whatever. They're all put here by you, and you've limited yourself to forget the test you've made for yourself. Everyone around you in the world are just pre-programmed automatons, and everything outside of ourselves is an illusion. Essentially, everyone else is an NPC, yet they all know it's a game other than you. They're all just like NPCs, non-player characters, in a role-playing game or a video game. They're just there. Which is the craziest philosophy of solipsism I've ever heard. Still kind of cool and fascinating at the same time. But where it does get one thing straight is the true nature of reality being more so a hallucination. 
Consciousness is generated in the human brain and it's more so just a hallucination than anything objective. And sadly, the majority of people have overstimulated dopamine receptors in modern times, which makes a lot of the actions they could take to better their lives unappealing from the lack of dopamine that those activities produce. But how this interacts with what I'm talking about is that it's on a subconscious level. They aren't really consciously aware of it. And if it was ever brought to their conscious awareness, they would most likely just deny it and even try and attack it. So reality is kind of a, a fickle mistress because a lot of it happens below the surface of conscious awareness. We humans are motivated to do things by chemicals being pumped in our brains. That chemical, if overproduced, creates apathy and an addiction to the carnival of sensation that they've grown accustomed to to the detriment of everything else. They just want to keep that dopamine pumping in higher and higher doses. The reality people without overstimulated dopamine receptors experience is a very different reality than those who are addicted to the chemicals effects, not to mention the many differing levels of intelligence, creativity, intuition, and most importantly, open-mindedness. Reality is subjective and that's proven scientific fact and a philosophical truth that has been known for eons. And in saying all that, is reality an illusion? Because the truth and greatest wisdom we can achieve is that we know nothing. Humans always try to label things in the delusion, it gives them some sort of control. But we are blinded by arrogance and the comfort given to us by those who know, quote unquote. We deify science, and don't get me wrong, I love science, but science has always proved itself wrong constantly. We often laugh at the science from 100 years ago, just like they'll laugh at our science 100 years in the future. How many scientific facts have been disproved and changed over just a decade? Tons. So it's not like science is wrong at all. It's just that it's a tool and conclusions using that tool constantly change with new data and new ways to analyze data. It's always going to be changing. That's what science is. And the scientific method has its limits. Not to mention, it holds just as many dangers as anything given reverence without question. Just like unchecked religion being used as a tool for evil, eugenics, or division hustling comes to mind. Everything should be questioned. Science gives us a pure way to break things down with logic and reason, which is awesome and should be embraced by all. But it's not the end-all be-all. We've maybe scratched 1% of uh, knowledge in the universe, and uh, the nature of reality for that matter. We have yet to discover so much more and much left to be found in advancing human consciousness and intelligence. Quantum mechanics concerning these topics reminds me of a quote I like by Simply Written. I quote, I'd rather my mind be opened by wonders than be closed by beliefs. End quote. Which is probably one of the most enlightening quotes I've, uh, I've ever heard and hints at the true nature of reality. Humans don't have to be limited by being placed into categories. That happens through conditioning and greatly reduces our ability to perceive reality. 
The sign of a truly intelligent, enlightened, and educated mind is the ability to entertain ideas without accepting them or denying them. That is a very high form of consciousness. People who can do this experience reality on a whole different level and are constantly fascinated by the wonders of the world. When science closes minds and becomes dogma, it's just as much of a threat as anything else. Analogous to the oppressive religious organizations like the Inquisition from medieval times and whatnot. And if I said this openly, a lot of people would argue with me and probably take offense. If I question the nature of reality as an illusion, they would probably also argue with me and take offense. However, even according to their own science they venerate with religious servitude, the nature of reality has been proven through physics to be far more than what mainstream thought thinks it is. But that takes time to research and look for, something someone with an overactive dopamine receptor will not get a kick from. So they just take whatever is said to them as fact, taking away their responsibility of independent thought and individuality. Then they usually demonize anyone who goes outside of the narrative that they've accepted, and the irony of their hypocrisy completely lost on them. In quantum mechanics, the idea of objective reality is ludicrous. How do we know that anything actually exists? How can we know anyone else is real? The only thing we can prove to exist is ourselves. But this is a limiting perspective called solipsism. Still, to deep thinkers, it rings a bell. I remember when I was a kid, I'd think about how everyone is an entire universe, and that there are countless universes wandering around with each and every person. I'd be sitting there, eating my candy, looking out the window at the tree in my front yard, thinking about how each individual person is at one time everything, and then at the same time, meaningless. I'm still surprised by all the deep philosophical thoughts I had as a kid, but child me was kind of onto something. However, child me also wanted to go watch X-Men when it was on, and just like child me, I gotta take a break about thinking about such weird stuff sometimes. In saying that, I'll be right back, I gotta go get some coffee. So we'll be right back to talk about how reality might be somewhat of an illusion. You're listening to Cryptic Chronicles. $30 off weed with code PODCAST? Did someone say $30 off weed with code PODCAST? Amuse delivers over 500 high-quality cannabis products from the Bay Area brands you love at everyday low prices. You can also rest assured that everything will be up to your high standards. So what are you waiting for? Start shopping now at amuse.com. Use promo code PODCAST to save 30 bucks off your next order. That's A-M-U-S-E dot com. Hello, my name is Nessie. You might remember me from such places as Loch Ness, because I'm a Loch Ness monster. Cryptic Chronicles is sponsored by Blueberry. If you're interested in making your own podcast, just go to Blueberry.com or by going to CrypticChronicles.com, click on the sponsor link on the homepage. By going through Cryptic Chronicles, you will not only be helping to support the show, but you'll also have the best podcasting host on the market. 
There's no contracts, and you can cancel any time. You'll have free 24-hour tech support, syndication with your own RSS feed, as well as a plethora of other goodies that only professional podcasters use. There's no third-party sites to log into. Never leave your own website. You remain in control. All you have to do is produce your podcast, write your blog post, and then publish with 29,000 plugins to pick from. By going through Cryptic Chronicles, you'll have one month free of the best podcast statistics, as well as one month free of the best podcast hosting. So go through our sponsor, Blueberry, today. And if you can, visit Loch Ness, because I am very hungry. An economist, a futurist, or a social scientist may try to say that society is moving along as it should, that people are getting smarter, and our technology is becoming more sci-fi every day. But people aren't getting more intelligent. A person of the past is well worth two to three times the salt of a modern human. Our tech is increasing, but it's being used in ways that that's limiting us and dumbing us down to the point that we can't do much without technology. The humans of the past were experts in a vast number of things that would blow our minds today. And most of all, they were strong. In comparison, people don't really grow up or become valuable, usually well into their 20s or even 30s in modern society. School is all about conditioning what to think, not how to think. And there's a lot of useful life skills that should be taught in schools that are not. Many colleges have become all about forcing the students into specific points of view without encouraging them to think for themselves or cultivating their individual nature. If school was actually about becoming educated, it would have a lot more subjects and a lot less dogma. Many teachers and professors would laugh at this, but hey, by their fruit you shall know them. And they suffer from the same conditioning and confirmation bias as the majority of people. Such polarized thought is a contagion to enlightened thinking. The writing is on the wall, but no one wants to read anymore. According to physics and quantum mechanics, consciousness itself has no physical connection to our brains or body in general. But when we take a hike in the woods and see the forest, we know that there's trees there, and we know that trees eventually die and fall over. So when we leave the woods, we expect trees to fall while we're away. But do they? As like-minded open thinkers, dear listener, you and I, we see the world differently. Almost all people's beliefs don't come from personal experience or observations, or research for that matter. And since you're already listening to Cryptic Chronicles, I know that there is a lot I don't have to explain or dumb down. So I'll ease up on my over-explanation or rants here in this portion of the episode. But all people's beliefs that don't come from personal experience or observations, it's called priori knowledge. If you're wondering exactly what 
priori knowledge is, it's defined as knowledge that is arrived at through external sources and not through direct personal perceptions. These external sources of information, of undeniable fact, are societal authoritarianism projections, such as institutions, religion, government, parents, common sense, and the, the system, quote-unquote, to sum it up nicely. Common sense, for example, relies fully on conclusions in accordance with the accepted truths of the time. These deductions are embraced completely off faith. Yes, faith. With the embracing of priori information programmed into people from childhood, it's a worldview based on groupthink. And in a, in a sense, modern society is still very similar to our past ancient civilizations steeped in religious fervor and superstition. The only difference is there were many more options for people to place their faith in in modern times. But at the same time, I want to also make it clear that there is a lot of useful priori knowledge. I'm not demonizing it, just questioning it and showing its flaws. Obviously, you shouldn't put your hand on something hot because somebody told you it will hurt and burn you. So let's just think abstract and not literal. Priori knowledge does have its uses to intellectuals and philosophers. So I'm not trying to denounce human knowledge. Just give an example that things in modern society may not be what it appears to be at face value. And that there's many bizarre ways to look at reality that go outside of the accepted views. Such as the holographic universe theory and the simulation theory, which are taken very seriously by some of the greatest minds that the world has to offer. But it goes against the very nature of how we've been trained to think. Babies can't tell the difference between their bodies and the outside world. They think that the only thing that exists is what's right in front of them. This is why a uh, peekaboo works on them and they get so excited about it. Babies and young children are also pure subconscious and will remain so until around the age of five when they uh, start to truly gain, I guess, uh, sentience. Or, no, I'm, I meant just uh, like a conscious mind. But if you research this stuff, it's simple to deduce that reality is a hallucination that only exists in the mind. The universe and possibilities of the universe are literally limitless. So are we living in a lie? Is reality an illusion? Well, according to quantum mechanics, we're only able to see what our mind can comprehend. Much of what we're programmed to comprehend comes from childhood and social dogma. But at the same time, these illusions aren't necessarily bad because they give us tools to function in our accepted social reality. But in the big picture, it rather limits human potential overall. Anubis, can you give us those quotes from Beyond Good and Evil? Suppose we want truth. Why not rather untruth and uncertainty? even ignorance, behind all logic and its seeming sovereignty of movement, too, there stand valuations or, more clearly, physiological demands for the preservation of certain type of life. Many subconscious minds understand that ignorance is actually preferable to truth because truth can be utterly horrifying and 
not what we want to hear. In fact, it usually is. So much to the point that they're usually even unable to detect truth in many cases, villainizing it instead to protect their accepted view of reality. Most people only care about truth if it empowers them and coincides with their confirmation bias, making people accept illusion over reality almost automatically and unconsciously for the most part. And I'm not talking like everybody, everybody, don't get me wrong. I'm more so talking about just like your, your average, just kind of unconscious person, people who are just solely stuck in the material world and the, just like the mainstream way of doing things and looking at things who shun anything outside of that narrow reality tunnel. So please don't take offense to anything I say. I'm definitely not referring to you. Humans construct psychological illusions to empower us and give ourselves the delusion of control because to the great philosophers, something isn't simply true or false because truth contains multiple degrees and dimensions, but truth does exist. It's just complicated and a lot of times requires courage and an open mind to see. There are objective truths for the most part, such as gravity, but even objective truths are not stable. The Earth's gravitational field could alter polarity any second, or even the very nature of gravity could be totally wrong. We most likely only understand like a face value, very basic aspect of it. Neil deGrasse Tyson likes to say, Quote, the good thing about science is that you don't have to believe in it to be true. And <laughs> Neil deGrasse Tyson's pretty cool. I like him to a, to a certain extent. He's pretty awesome. But um, this quote just kind of baffles me because he's actually really smart. Science has always proven itself wrong and constantly changes across all fields. So I don't know why, why they like to say that kind of stuff. It doesn't make sense. Scientific facts are constantly changing and disproving one another. And just like how a hundred years ago we look at their technology and see them as kind of primitive, we are primitives right now to the future humanity who will look at us as being just as ridiculous. We're no better than anyone else that came before. But to us, it's the highest academic achievements while being naive and nonsense even probably a lot of it to future humans. This aspect of scientific understanding is self-evident and does not require much scrutinization from an unbiased point of view. But how can we be unbiased when being biased is programmed into our very nature from childhood? And as I've already stated, the first six years of someone's life is completely just piloted by the subconscious mind. And it's during this first six or seven years that the conditioning uh, of your environment and people, whatnot, it is the thing that sets the filters and parameters for the way that you'll perceive the world for the rest of your life. Quote, thinking is difficult. That's why most people judge. End quote. Carl Jung. But what is real? Is anything real? How do we know you exist? How does anything else exist? What evidence do we have? Our brain could really just be in a jar with electrical stimulation attached to it that mimics daily physical sensation to the point that you would experience a whole reality just as real as the one you're living right now. But you wouldn't even be able to tell it isn't real 
After all, you're just a brain in a jar. Humans can only see a tiny amount of the light spectrum. Humans can also only hear a tiny amount of uh, hertz of frequencies. People don't see the same colors that other people see to a degree. I'm not going totally crazy here, but my, my knowledge on this comes from legitimate sources. In the book Subliminal by Leonard Mlaldenau, his renowned research into neurological science is uh, fascinating to say the least. Quote, over the past two decades of neurological research, it has become increasingly clear that the way we experience the world, our perception, behavior, memory, and social judgment is largely driven by the mind's subliminal processes and not by the conscious ones, as we have long believed. End quote. And his research into neuroscience also states that there's a lot that you see that is straight up just hallucinated based off of like how your mind can process it. So we have blind spots in our right and on our left. A lot of times that our brain just fills in the gaps and puts stuff there that it thinks it should be there. So a lot of what we see is actually just straight up hallucinations, but it's all hallucinations because essentially what the brain does, the subconscious, the mind, what it all does is it takes what it thinks is outside of it and it paints a picture inside your head that isn't always accurate in the book it's like he talks about how it's a lot of times not very accurate at all and this may seem weird because you'd be like oh well why don't people just notice this then people should get freaked out but that's not the case because it's so streamlined and we're so used to it and things just it's like breathing so it's not unnatural to us but at the same time there's like a ridiculous amount of cognitive dissonance going on every single day in everyone's brains, everyone's minds. And this book subliminal is just one of many that I've read on the subject, all saying pretty much the same thing, just in different ways. Can we really trust our sensory organs? Most people trust what they see, but they don't understand just how much is added by the brain and filtered out by the subconscious. Our main vision is very narrow, with our periphery vision making up the majority of what we see. However, our periphery vision is minimal and what you're seeing is literally just being put there by the brain. You can take many tests on just how limited vision truly is. Go and uh, search them, search for them. I suggest using the search engine DuckDuckGo if you want to avoid censored search results, but you can do a bunch of these tests and they will freak you out. So much of what we see is just added by the brain. So what we're looking at makes sense to us. And the subconscious mind filters out about 80% of what we see, as well as 90% of what we actually do on a day-to-day -day basis and what we encounter. And even more bizarre, 95%, well, some people 90, 90 to 95% of our entire life is directly controlled by the subconscious mind. It's the source of habits, likes, dislikes, and basically anything you can think of. 95% of our entire being is completely controlled by the subconscious, with our waking conscious mind just being like a figurehead. The conscious mind is essentially just a passenger that gets to like mess with the dials and stuff and screw around with the, the windows and lock in the doors in a car, in a stupid analogy. Whereas most people think that they are their conscious mind, they are their ego and their day-to-day -day thoughts and whatnot, but the truth couldn't be more drastically different. Then there's the fact that in physics, 
Well, according to physics, I mean, we actually never touch anything. There is always microscopic gaps in any feeling when we do touch something or something touches us. It's just electrical impulses in our brains. There's actually tons of mind-boggling discoveries in physics that the majority of society are unaware of. And a lot of these people who preach scientism kind of shun at such uh, thoughts or facts. And they look at it as like, oh, that's just like pseudoscience or hocus pocus or new age, blah, 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 blah. But then you can just be like, no, dude, this is science. This is physics. But they don't like it when you do that. However, I do always enjoy telling them ridiculous facts. Like we are, in a certain point of view, children of stars, immortal and as old as the universe itself, since matter cannot be created or destroyed. And I say this, which sounds ridiculous, but the atoms of our body were born from an exploding star billions of years ago. The atoms that make up everybody's body has always been here and will be here until the end of the universe or who knows. That's definitely beyond human comprehension. And that's just the start of uh, ridiculous, weird stuff because humans are very miraculous in countless ways. If you unraveled all of the DNA in your body, it would span 34 billion miles, reaching to Pluto and back six times. And that's 2.66 billion miles away. If you unravel our veins or our nervous system, it could like cover the globe too. Almost all of ordinary matter is 99.9999999% empty. Matter just exists in differing states of vibrating energy. And if you took out all the space in our atoms, the entire human race, all 7 billion of us, would fit into the volume of a sugar cube. As the ancient maxim says, emptiness is in everything. And this turns out to be true indeed. Matter is just a dense form of light, and the world isn't surrounded by sky or the universe filled with space, but it's all one big, incredibly dense soup with everything that is in different states of vibration. The paradox is that we are literally all that is, while also being separate and individuals, um, you know, consciousness at the same time. There is no distance from anything. Everything in all reality is touching and connected as the same substance, atoms, matter, etc. But like I've said, is any of that real? We'll look deeper into it after a quick break. You're listening to Cryptic Chronicles. Have you been wanting to lose weight and get healthy? Now is the perfect time to start Nutrisystem. Enjoy your favorite foods made healthier, delivered free to your door. Right now, you can get Uniquely Yours Ultimate, our most complete, foolproof plan, at an amazing price. Order today and save 50%, plus get an extra $40 off. Go to Nutrisystem.com save and discover what millions of people already know. Nutrisystem works. Limitations apply. See website for full offer details. there thanks for listening to cryptic chronicles the show is sponsored by blueberry and if you're interested in starting your own podcast use our link we'll even give your podcast a shout out go to crypticchroniclespodcast.com and click on the blueberry link on the homepage. by doing so you'll be helping the show 
Blueberry is optimized for iTunes as well as all podcast hubs. You won't have to worry about expensive contracts or fees. In fact, you won't have to leave your own website. You'll have your own RSS feed and no third-party sites. Try it for a month free by going through Cryptic Chronicles. Also, if you're a fan of cryptic content, please support the show on Patreon. By giving just $1 a month, you can really assist us in posting more content frequently. You'll also have access to bonus ad-free episodes of the show and the Discord channel. To keep up with all Cryptic Chronicles content, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, and of course Facebook. Give the Facebook page a like and join the Cryptic Chronicles group. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for supporting the show, but most of all, thanks for listening. Quantum mechanics has a, well, I mean, it can agree and disagree with scientific data that I've just been going over concerning physics. I mean, there's differing viewpoints on the simulation theory, but according to the main one I've been looking at, according to the simulation theory, things only exist if they're being consciously looked at. But if what we're looking at is just electric impulses in our brains, one has to wonder, do we create the universe through mental hallucination? According to this theory, without humans and other conscious entities to view the universe, would it even exist? Is our consciousness directly connected to reality itself? Well, when scientists look at individual particles in physics, there is no doubt that there is such a thing as one electron no matter how much they magnify the matter. And particles, the building blocks of the physical universe, don't act consistently, or how we'd expect them to. Many particles only exist in relation to other things and seem to blink in and out of existence under direct view by scientists. If you look deeply into matter, it reveals that everything we perceive to be physical isn't really physical or has solidarity at all. There is no locality, time, or existence in a solid consistent form. Objects vanish into energy and only exist in relationships to other forms of matter. And the less and less solid, literally everything in existence is revealed to be. There is no objective reality. Only the reality that we create in our own minds many times from exterior forces to ourselves, but still created by us nonetheless, with the subconscious playing the biggest role in this. We are so limited by how we've been programmed, it's astonishing, but our relationship with matter is more so holograms that we project outside ourselves to manifest reality and the physical world we grew up to believe. So with this holographic nature of matter and reality, is the universe a hologram? Are we really here? Because we have never experienced anything outside of ourselves, and all matter shares a relationship and reacts based off one another with no distinction between distance. You simply moving your finger affects matter on an alien planet on the complete other side of the universe. The cosmic soup, as stated in string theory and quantum entanglement, the cosmic soup is all one while also being separate at the same time. Both are true, and both are false. 
But just where does matter go when it's been seen to shift in and out of existence, such as in the double slit experiment? Well, that leads to the multiverse theory, the many worlds theory. Matter is theorized to exist in many realities, just like we're theorized to exist in many realities. And if you're confused, then good, because there are so many paradoxes in quantum mechanics. Because separation is an illusion, while also at the same time being very real. Our consciousness itself has been theorized to be one consciousness that is splintered countless times into individual consciousnesses, yet still at the same time all being one. We are a pool of consciousness that's experiencing itself subjectively through its own holographic illusions, essentially, according to the theory. And with matter being basically empty space, just like the Buddha said, the way to enlightenment is to personify emptiness. Because the very nature of reality is empty, and we cannot really ascertain or define emptiness through the scientific method, or ancient faith or herd mentality and the blind acceptance of priori knowledge. The nature of reality is essentially unknowable through reason, logic, and science, and the understanding of the physical world in general, including all of our sense organs. All our reality is, is light coming through the eyes, hitting the back of the retina, triggering electrical impulses that travel down nerve fibers to the back of the brain, where the brain, in a tenth of a second, puts it all together for us in mental images, telling us what's going on around us. A mental image. A hallucination. Our brains take information and give it form, with the data being turned into a picture coinciding with our own belief systems. And of course, our own subconscious minds. Because it's the subconscious's beliefs that dictate everything else. Much of the labyrinths we constantly think about concerning reality is a tunnel that only exists in you. We literally create our own reality, and that's not woo-woo or, you know, metaphysical love and light, uh, you know, the cringe stuff or whatever. It is actually the true nature of consciousness according to the brightest minds the world has to offer. Do you think that you're free? Does the thoughts and beliefs everyone has truly belong to them? Or were they placed there? What have we lost from social conditioning and the dogma of mainstream science? Not true science, but the religion of scientism many in mainstream society cling to like it's uh, like they're somehow superior from its indoctrination and blindly quoting it with their faith being just as strong as zealous fanatics of Christianity in the Dark Ages. Real scientists understand the limits of science and are not limited by consensus reality. Sadly, the majority think the opposite, but one of the best ways to tell something should be questioned is if the herd is all following it. Sheep all go in the same direction and will follow one another right off a cliff. In truth, humans are incapable of experiencing the true nature of reality. We are limited to a tiny fraction of awareness, but understanding this is key to at least scratching the surface of conscious existence. We are becoming, we're not done, we're still evolving, we're still transforming, and there's still much yet to be revealed. But then again, 
How can we even know if we're real or if anything around us is real? According to physics and particle experiments with matter, the universe is holographic in nature. Like I said earlier, matter pops in and out of existence and changes depending on if it's being viewed by a conscious being or not. How the hell does a particle of matter know that someone is looking at it or not? This doesn't make any sense to a rational mind. The famous double slit experiment proved the theory, which you should totally go research if there's any doubt. But just how could something be powerful enough to generate a hologram of the entire universe? Makes one wonder, or at least some scientists wonder. I have my own views on the matter, but it has made some wonder. Are we in a computer? Though, again, let's think abstract, not literal. Not necessarily in a computer that we think of a computer to be, but as a metaphorical computer. And just like a computer or a video game console, the whole universe doesn't have to be simulated all at once. It only has to simulate enough to seem real. Matter somehow knows if it's being looked at or not. And since there is no gap in the connection of all particles in the universe, matter can react to our consciousness instantly. You look out at the night sky and there are stars. But are the stars still there if you look away? It's just, uh, it's like, um, it's analogous to how a video game only renders necessary stuff, such as the player character's location or whatnot, like what's around him inside the game. And this is to save power. It only renders where they are in the game. And if you turn the camera away from where something's looking at, the game instantly like de-renders everything that way to send the power elsewhere. Essentially, using this analogy, the universe itself only has to render things that are being looked at. The simulation theory states the universe works in this same way to a degree, like I'm kind of trying to make it make sense without being too, you know. But it only has to render what's being directly looked at by a conscious being, whether that be literal eyes or even technology, just like how this happened in the double slit experiment. And I'm still skeptical about all this, and you should be too. I do find it extremely compelling though, and when I first read about the simulation theory, I instantly called BS because, you know, like tiny bacterial life forms, microorganisms, whatnot. We can't see them after all, so I thought, then why should they exist? But then again, when I thought about it later and kind of analyzed it more, they could be instantly created the moment a microscope looks at them, at least in uh, our understanding of nature. And also, they themselves could be certain conscious beings to a degree, I guess, who also have the universe generating the same thing for them, just on a very, 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 very smaller basis. All matter could be generated instantly once viewed from what I've been going over at least. It's all connected and influencing all other particles all at once while popping in and out of existence. The universe only has to render what we see or what it has to. So something like a baseball bat could actually be hollow inside until we break it apart or lift it up. In which case the matter inside is instantly generated to suit what we think it should be. And just like that. It's a baseball bat. Everything could essentially function like this. The only thing required to generate the illusion is consciousness. 
many mainstream big brain celebrities even believe in the simulation theory, including Elon Musk, co-founder of Neuralink, founder of The Boring Company, co-founder of Zip2, the founder of XCOM, now PayPal, co-founder of OpenAI, chairman of SolarCity, as well as the already mentioned Neil deGrasse Tyson and Joe Rogan. There's a bunch of them. There's uh, many who even don't publicly support it, but has stated that they believe in it, including Stephen Hawking, Nick Bostrom, Tom Campbell, Brian Cox, James Gates, Max Techmark, and many, many more. So it's not just relegated to scientists and whatnot. What holds back this theory is the question, can consciousness be simulated? Which honestly is impossible to say because we don't understand the nature of consciousness. Some bigwigs may think that they do, but they're full of shit and deluded. There is no research that understands exactly how the human brain functions as a biological supercomputer, much less understanding consciousness. The brain runs at 100 billion operations per second, with our subconscious minds holding entire libraries upon libraries securely within. The entire internet up until 2006 could fit within your subconscious mind. And that's a lot of info. Yet our conscious mind is completely unaware of all that. And sometimes we all have trouble finding our keys, which is bizarre considering that your subconscious knows exactly where those keys are, as long as they haven't been moved by somebody else. And with such a massive powerhouse that the human mind is, it surely does have some strange limitations. And there are many people who irrefutably believe that we live in a simulation. One of these supposed irrefutable proofs is an experiment that took place back in 2017, where researchers at the University of Washington discovered that they could actually put code into a strand of DNA, just like a computer virus. This discovery revealed to these scientists, at least, that there is a similarity of DNA to computer code, which is extremely trippy. But these experiments did reveal that there is a similarity of our reality around us and a computer. And in the more wacky side, love them or hate them, there's also the polarizing Mandela effects where people remember history and things differently than how they are. Like, uh, like the timeline got shifted or someone changed history or something with only a few people remembering the original versions. Mandela effects can actually be pretty bizarre and unnerving, but a lot of people just make fun of them. An interesting theory too is uh, some occultists have stated is that the reason we're living in a simulation is actually pretty dark. It goes like this. We were just minding our own business on Earth, and then all of a sudden, a super technologically advanced alien race was cruising through our corner of the galaxy. They were performing experiments and whatnot, and didn't know humans existed, and were a thing in the area. They blew us up on accident, killing everyone on the planet instantly from their experiments. However, they did afterward notice what they'd done and felt pretty bad about it. So they used their insanely advanced technology to put everyone on the planet that they'd killed into a simulation of Earth and uh, our world. Basically as it was just before the accidental annihilation. They must have had some crazy tech to copy or download everyone's consciousness and put it into a simulation or 
I don't know how they did it. The information is very vague. I'm just throwing this in here because it's kind of cool. I mean, I guess they could have, depending on what perspective you're coming from, I guess they could have ripped our souls from wherever they went and put them into simulated bodies or something. But they did it, and that's why we're in a simulation. However, some aliens that are dicks found us and hacked the system or whatever to feed off of us and let in a bunch of other anomalous entities. So our simulated reality is filled with much more than humans, apparently. And the aliens that made the simulation for us were either killed off or don't care to check back up on us or something like that. So yeah, that's a pretty out there theory, but darkly fascinating nonetheless. Personally, I find the simulation theory highly entertaining to research, but do not really give it too much weight. Though it is clear that there is a holographic nature to reality that's been proven in physics, the simulation theory to me is more entertainment than something I'd take seriously. But who knows, anything is possible. All I know is that whatever and however it works is beyond the current comprehension of humans. And we may never understand it. Or at least, a very select few might understand it. A quick tidbit from thehealersjournal.com seems to sum up the holographic universe theory kind of nicely. I quote, In 1982, in the University of Paris, which discovered that under certain circumstances, subatomic particles such as electrons are able to instantaneously communicate with each other, regardless of the distance separating them. It did not matter whether they were 10 feet or 10 billion miles apart. Somehow each particle always seemed to know what the other was doing. The great physicist David Bohm believed that these findings imply that objective reality does not exist. That despite its apparent solidity, the universe is at heart a phantasm, a gigantic and splendidly detailed hologram. A holographic universe explains nearly all paranormal and mystical experiences. Near-death experiences can be explained by a holographic universe, in that death is a shifting of a person's consciousness from one level of the hologram of reality to another. Current neurophysiological models of the brain are inadequate, and only a holographic model can explain such things as archetypal experiences, encounters with the collective unconscious, or other unusual phenomena experienced during altered states of consciousness. A holographic model for the universe explains lucid dreams, in which such dreams are visits to parallel realities. Synchronicity can be explained by the holographic model. Our thought processes are much more intimately connected to the physical world than has been previously thought. Also note that synchronicity tends to peak just prior to a new realization or insight. Telepathy, precognition, mystical feelings of oneness with the universe, and even psychokinesis can be explained through the holographic model. Holography can explain how our brains can store so many memories in so little space. Our brains can store 280 trillion bits of information. Holography can also explain how we are able to recall and forget, how we are able to have associative memory, how we have the ability to recognize familiar things, how we have the ability for the transference of new skills, how we have the ability to construct a world out there, 
how we are able to have phantom limb sensations, and how we are able to have photographic memory. The brain itself would therefore be a holographic projection created out of a primary reality outside of space-time. End quote. Who has a mouthful? And in saying that, we'll continue to look into the question, is reality an illusion, after a quick break. Hey Gary, how are things? Things are great, but I crushed my mortgage payment with owning without even leaving my couch. I got a no closing cost refi at a great low rate and owning did it all in less than three weeks. It was easy, no muss, no fuss. Be like Gary, call owning at 855-5-OWNING and crush your mortgage payment with today's 15-year fixed refi at 1.99% rate at APR with no closing costs, none, zero. Even if you've refinanced recently, call 855-5-OWNING and let us crush your monthly payment even more. That's 855-5-OWNING or log on to owning.com. NMLS 2611, licensed by the Department of Financial Protection and Innovation under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act, subject to credit approval. Call 833-852-6464 for terms and conditions. You can crush it too with a 15-year fixed 1.99% rate in APR with absolutely no closing cost. Hello, dear listener. Have you ever had a paranormal experience? A spiritual or esoteric experience? Have you ever seen a UFO or something that you could not explain? Have you ever witnessed anomalous activity that defies reality? Have you ever experienced unexplained mysteries of existence? If you have your own cryptic tale and would like to have it shared on the podcast, then call 1-800-757-6049 and leave a message of your experience. If it's what Cryptic Chronicles is all about, then it will be shared on the show. Just make sure you thought about what you will say ahead of time, and give a clear and concise account. Also make sure to leave your name, where you're from, or any information that will assist in making a clear picture to portray to listeners of Cryptic Chronicles. Once again, call 1-800-757-6049. That's 1-800-757-6049. We look forward to hearing from you. In mainstream science, Isaac Newton, of all people, is credited with coming up with the idea of a multiverse, or metaverse. And this is all the way back in 1704 in his book Optics. A substantial modern theory came about in the 1980s, so it's not the strangest subject in the scientific community. The theories usually consist of science's origin of the universe in which they predict there must be a form of dark energy that's unseen and expanding the universe slowly. Supposedly, our universe has a lucky amount of dark energy capable of supporting life, according to the multiverse theories from the 80s. Any less would change everything we knew about existence, and any more would cause the universe to expand so quickly that the dark energy would alter matter to the point that stars wouldn't be able to form in the first place. No stars, no life. So with all this evidence building up, why don't more people openly question the nature of reality? Well, for starters, humans are evolutionarily programmed for survival and not seeking truth, not seeking advancement, not seeking anything other than how do I survive? 
That is and always will be the first and foremost aspect of our evolutionary drive. It's also why humans focus on negativity so much over good stuff and don't really see that there's a lot of balance to it and nothing's ever as bad as it seems for the most part. We obsess over things people didn't mean and bury ourselves in worry about what people might possibly think or our mistakes of the past or just things we don't want in general, I guess. It doesn't really make sense other than coming from our biological evolutionary drives, which means that one of the best ways for us to survive is to notice the bad stuff because it's the bad stuff that will affect our ability to survive. So even though things aren't nearly as bad as they seem, humans naturally focus on negativity because it helps us in our survival. All we really need is food, sex, shelter, and I guess you can throw in comfort in there in the modern times. And there's also other little aspects, like there's definitely a hidden human drive for conflict that manifests in unhealthy ways if humans don't have some kind of struggle going on. A lot of times we'll manufacture our own struggles or create enemies where there are none or create issues where there aren't any and whatnot. However, if we basically get food, sex, and shelter, that's all we need. Boom. Evolutionary mission accomplished. Humans tend to associate what is truth with daily cause and effect, such as relationships and things we get in daily life. There is so much subjectivity with what is considered truth, but there is a thing called contextual truth that is very real. In a world where truth is an opinion, even the truth is a lie. It's pretty simple to conclude that other than very subjective and contextual views, humans aren't really capable of seeing the world, reality, or our own consciousness as it truly is. And we may never. But knowing we don't know is the first step towards a fraction of truth. And it leaves the doors open for so many wonders. Yes, there are still wonders in the world to be found and there is a plethora yet to be discovered. We act like there's nothing left to explore, but we've only touched the tip of the iceberg in basically all aspects. When it comes to time and the earth and the universe and how long humans have been around, it's literally just the blink of an eye. We're babies. Humankind's main and most powerful instinct is to pass on our genes. Our entire evolution as a species revolves around it. And we only evolved in ways that would better help us survive so that we can one day pass on our genes. It's programmed into us on a primal level and the motive behind everything we do. Therefore, it's no surprise that our sense organs are actually very limited and sometimes our senses outright lie to us. Oh, I should probably stop saying evolution so much too, or evolving and whatnot. I think natural selection would be a more accurate term, but it's too late to go back now. <laughs> In any case, yeah, I think you get what I mean. And humanity distrusting our senses is a very long tradition. Let's recall Plato's cave analogy from the uh, early dawn of philosophy around 400 BC. Plato displays his wisdom by distinguishing between people who think sensory knowledge is truth and those who can truly comprehend truth through independent thought. It goes like this. Imagine a cave in which there are three prisoners 
The prisoners are tied to some rocks. Their arms and legs are bound, and their head is tied so that they cannot look at anything but the stone wall right in front of them. These prisoners have been here since birth and have never seen outside the cave. Behind the prisoners is a fire, and between them is a raised walkway. People outside the cave walk along this walkway, carrying things on their head, including animals, plants, wood, and stone. So, imagine that you are one of the prisoners. You cannot look at anything behind or to the side of you. You must look at the wall in front of you at all times. When people walk along the walkway, you can see shadows of the objects they are carrying cast on the wall. If you had never seen the real objects ever before, you would believe that the shadows of the objects were real. Plato suggests that the prisoners would begin a game of guessing which shadow would appear next. If one of the prisoners were to correctly guess, the others would praise him as clever and say that he was a master of nature. Eventually, one of the prisoners then escapes from their bindings and leaves the cave. He is shocked at the world he discovers outside the cave and does not believe it can be real. As he becomes used to his new surroundings, he realizes that his former view of reality was wrong. He begins to understand his new world and sees that the sun is the source of life and goes on an intellectual journey where he discovers beauty and meaning. He sees that his former life and the guessing game they played is useless. The prisoner then returns to the cave to inform the other prisoners of his findings. They do not believe him and threaten to kill him if he tries to set them free. The allegory of the cave by Plato should not be taken at face value. In essays and exams, whoever is marking it expects you to have a deeper understanding of the meaning of the theory. You can then use these to think about criticisms and then to form your own opinion. In Plato's theory, the cave represents people who believe that knowledge comes from what we see and hear in the world, empirical evidence. The cave shows that believers of empirical knowledge are trapped in a cave of misunderstanding. The shadows represent the perceptions of those who believe empirical evidence ensures knowledge. If you believe that what you see should be taken as truth, then you are merely seeing a shadow of the truth. In Plato's opinion, you are a pleb, which is a, an insult to those who are not capable of being philosophers in uh, ancient speak. It also, a pleb is also the uh, lowest of the social ladder in Rome, but I digress. The game represents how people believe that one person can be a master when they have knowledge of the empirical world. Plato is demonstrating that this master does not actually know any truth and suggesting that it is ridiculous to admire someone like this. The escaped prisoner represents the philosopher, the seeker of higher knowledge outside of the cave and outside of the senses. The sun represents philosophical truth and knowledge. His intellectual journey represents a philosopher's journey when finding truth and wisdom. The other prisoner's reaction to the escapee returning represents that people are scared of knowing philosophical truths and do not trust philosophers. 
they don't want to know higher truths or the true nature of things. They want to live in their little box. So in a sense, the majority of people will kill or even die themselves to protect their chains and the little box that they've accepted as reality. This is why social conditioning is so powerful for control. If you have the masses police themselves, they won't even be aware that they're mind controlled in a very planned and purposeful narrative. Humans carry around in our heads a mini matrix-like simulacrum of reality. And if it's shaken, that goes against survival instincts, which is our main programming, and inherently pisses people off. We have known since Isaac Newton that colors do not exist out there in the world. Instead, they are cooked up by the brain from mixtures of different wavelengths of colorless electromagnetic radiation. Colors are a clever trick that evolution has hit on to help the brain keep track of surfaces under changing lighting conditions, and we humans can only sense a tiny slice of the full electromagnetic spectrum, which is a nestled between the lows of infrared and the highs of ultraviolet. Every color we perceive, every part of the totality of each of our visual worlds comes from this thin slice of reality. And this last bit that I'm talking about comes from the book the Neuroscience of Reality by Anil K. Seth, which is an amazing book and you should definitely go pick it up right away. The eyes especially are not as keen as we think they are. Let's do an experiment, shall we? Go stare at yourself in a mirror in the dark with a candle lit for five minutes. You will freak out as your brain gets confused and alters your appearance into a monstrous visage. This is a very real experiment you can do if you've got the gall. You can continue this experiment even further by focusing on a single point between two ever-changing images of other people. Like, uh, I think there's some good ones on YouTube I've seen before. The brain will once again get confused, and the images and peripheral vision will distort into monsters. No one knows why the brain changes to be scary like that. But it's a very normal activity of the brain, an experiment that you can repeat over and over with success. If you are not looking directly at something, you're actually not seeing it. The brain is just putting what it thinks should be there into your peripheral vision, which is pretty trippy if you think about it. The subconscious too filters out a lot, especially if it goes against your paradigm and your beliefs, your subconscious beliefs. But mostly, why does your brain think that there's monsters everywhere, <laughs> right? I do really suggest doing that experiment with the mirror and having your face turn all scary. It's really fun, if you have the courage. Anyway, there's also unconscious cognition. I quote, Although claims of subliminal perception aroused considerable controversy for almost a hundred years, it has now been demonstrated convincingly that events in the current stimulus environment that are not consciously detected and attended may nonetheless be processed for meaning, at least to some extent. End quote. Drain and Greenwald, 1998. Even if you're not thinking about certain things and oblivious to what's going on around you, the subconscious slash unconscious is always watching, always analyzing, always absorbing metaphor and analogy and symbolism, and always influencing your actions. 
if you know the uh like the uh the all-seeing eye that's supposedly like illuminati or whatever you know and it's on our money it's above the pyramid on our money if you're from america but um yeah that actually represents the ever watching subconscious the subconscious literally controls 90 to 95 percent of our conscious lives which some philosophers physicists and psychologists question the nature of free will in a sense people aren't truly sentient or conscious unless they have some kind of relationship or connection with their subconscious mind the conscious mind is there to filter for the subconscious so what we focus on does go into the subconscious but what we don't focus on goes right in without a filter this is why we have to be careful and why what we resist persists where focus goes energy flows the subconscious does not understand good or bad and doesn't even really speak in a way familiar to us it communicates through symbolism metaphor analogy and things of that nature so what we feed it the unconscious digests and pulls our strings accordingly the unconscious mind is vastly larger than the conscious the conscious mind is just a lifeboat floating in the ocean whereas the subconscious mind is the damn ocean it also filters things out it doesn't think our conscious mind wants if you've ever seen the movie what the bleep do we know made in the early 2000s it tells a tale of the early interaction natives had with european invaders they couldn't even see the boats of the europeans even though they were very close to the shore which is very bizarre this is allegedly because they could not comprehend what boats were and so their subconscious filtered them out from their visual sight even though they were right in front of them if this tale is true then think about all the ramifications that that could have for a second it could explain why <sighs> how do i put this it could explain like why some people can see ghosts or see ghosts i mean and cryptids and alien ufos and the like while others don't i mean they could also throw in like third eye in there but not in this context my point is just that if your subconscious rejects something because it can't comprehend it it can literally just edit it out of your conscious sight which kind of reminds me of the movie it when pennywise shoots all that blood out of the girl's sink and then like a massive eruption and it gets everywhere but when her dad comes in to see what all the commotion is about he doesn't even see any of the blood even though it's like on the walls the ceilings everywhere it's even covering his daughter and he just can't even see it however it is all aspects of the human sense organs that are limited and geared towards survival the ear only picks up frequencies between 20 hertz and 20k hertz and our eyes only see 430 through 77 thz the colors we see and the energy spectrums are extremely limited as well many animals see 10 times what we see on multiple levels the sense organs send messages to our brain when internal or external environmental conditions change with the appropriate sense organ called a sensory signal we only experience reality through tiny slits appropriate to biological survival under the natural conditions of our environment colors are just electromagnetic radiation that reflects light and our brains put it together 
seeing light with frequencies outside of our relatively narrow band of electromagnetic radiation detection goes unseen by the conscious mind. Animals and insects see colors very differently than humans, and in a sense, colors don't even actually exist. They are just radiation reflecting light that appears different depending on what species is looking at it. Our senses can be easily fooled, and salesmen, corporations, advertising, the media especially, and the government especially, utilize these secrets consistently. A blindfold in an unfamiliar place can really reveal how misleading physical senses can be. Our ears only hear sound activity from a frequency of 15 cycles per second to 18,000 cycles per second, which I know you probably don't understand that, but it's pretty crappy compared to the animal kingdom. We don't hear ultrasound at all, or the low frequencies that many animals use to communicate, such as elephants. We have a tiny sense of taste, while 99% of every other species on the planet has chemical senses of taste through the environment, and it takes very little to alter human perception on basically all levels, to the point that things can get downright creepy. The McGurk effect is a prime example, which is defined as, I quote, it's a perceptual phenomenon that demonstrates an interaction between hearing and vision and speech perception. The illusion occurs when the auditory component of one sound is paired with the visual component of another sound, leading to the perception of a third sound. The visual information a person gets from seeing a person speak changes the way they hear the sound. If a person is getting poor quality auditory information, but good quality visual information, they may be more likely to experience the McGurk effect. Integration abilities for audio and visual information may also influence whether a person will experience the effect. People who are better at sensory integration have been shown to be more susceptible to the effect. Many people are affected differently by the McGurk effect, based on many factors, including brain damage and other disorders. End quote. Wikipedia. That illusion can also be repeated over and over. Successful every time, too. No matter how much you know about McGurk effect, it still affects you whether you want it to or not. And it's a weird way that visual stimulation and auditory stimulation can play off one another to fool your senses. Animals and insects also communicate with one another with pheromones, which are chemicals in the air. I'm sure you know what they are, but they can be left in areas like a sign or a message. Long trails of pheromones are used to track and lead other animals of their breed to safety. But humans can only perceive pheromones on an unconscious level to the point that it's not helpful and primarily just breeding instigation. And there are many senses in the animal kingdom that humans lack entirely, like electric pulses, the magnetic field of the earth, the polarization of sunlight. Humans are among the scarce species on the planet that are primarily audiovisual. But you know what we do get? these big brains to store our massive egos. It should be self-evident to you now. There are severe limitations to human sense organs, and there are unimaginable things we can't perceive or detect. How can we pretend to understand reality 
when we can barely experience it. That's all for today's episode. Cryptic Chronicles is available on iTunes, Spreaker, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and basically all podcast hubs. Just search for us. We should be there on any of them. And all of them. Wherever you listen to this, please leave a good review. It really helps out the show and helps spread it and give us a wider audience. And all around is just amazing. We need your help in growing the show, and I hope that I've earned that from you. More support for the show means more episodes and content I can do. Eventually, I'll be able to probably pump out, I mean, this is just a plan far down the line, but eventually I plan on doing like an episode every week, which would be awesome. But I'm kind of really far from that at the moment. But with your help, we can get there. You can also find us on YouTube, as well as um, pretty much all the alternative tech sites. There's a lot of them, but I'm trying to put myself on all of them. Let's see here. Vimeo, BitChute, Rumble, Dailymotion. I think that's it for now, but I'm going to eventually be on all of them. Please comment, share, um, like it if it's got the option, because that also helps spread the show. And the more you share, like, comment, and give interaction, the more it's going to pop into people's feeds which means the bigger we can spread and the more audience we can gain. So thank you if you have a moment to spare to do that. And if you really, really like Cryptic Chronicles, please support us on Patreon. For just a dollar a month, you can unlock episodes basically a month early. You get them ahead of time of everybody. You get the YouTuber, the other videos that I make earlier than everybody, other than the SCP ones. The version of the show for Patreon is completely uncensored and ad-free. And depending on what you want to pledge, if you want to go higher than a buck, then you can have all kinds of other goodies too, including if you want, you can choose topics for a show, you can come on the show if you want to, and just you should really check it out if you're a fan. Just go to crypticchronicles.com, look at the top, it'll say Chronicler's Vault. Click on the Chronicler's Vault, there'll be an icon for Patreon, and boom. You are there. The Patreon money goes exclusively towards keeping the lights on for the show and all my techie stuff. I'd like to say thank you to my current patrons, including MJ Calvo, thank you, newest patron, Adrian, no Adrian, Adrian, yeah, thank you, as well as John, Celestial Weavers, Alien X, Lorna Grubb, Paul, Linda Gonzalez, Angela Delaire, Ashley, and I think that's it for now. And make sure that you comment on any Cryptic Chronicles content so that I can read your comment aloud. Let's look at a couple. Ricky Tiki Taco says, straight to the point, good topics without a bunch of extra yip yapping. Found the Alien Races podcast and now checking out more. Oh, thank you, that's nice. And Dank King says, do more scary stuff. And that's all he says. 
Uh, yeah, I got some ideas for some scary stuff. Alright, that's it for today. Time to go rest. And as a famous gangster once said, the only difference between the government and the mafia is that the mafia actually turns a profit.